Okay, this is uh, time for our Sunday evening uh, Bible study. We continue on in the book of the Revelation. As far as I know, this will be our last um, home-based church service. <laughs> Please, God, may it be so. Because in June, starting with Wednesday night, um, we will continue, of course, with Wednesday night uh, prayer meeting and um, Bible study. Sunday morning at 10.30, that, that'll be at 6.30 on Wednesday night. Then that's family-based Bible study and prayer time on Wednesday night. And then family worship on Sunday morning at 10.30. And family time Bible study on Sunday night, starting next Sunday night. So we add Sunday night to our Wednesday night and Sunday morning uh, times together at church. Still not... Uh, Still not uh, ready to clear ourselves into uh, Sunday school classes yet or age-specific ministries uh, on a regular basis. There are some things that are going to be done either in a very large area or outdoors that, uh, for example, our, our, uh, our uh, family movie night on Friday night, that was, that was in a place large enough where we could... Uh, we could space out if we wanted to in family groups, and we had a great time doing that and uh, had a great time watching a movie, a very good movie. Um, so we are looking closely and planning on uh, what to do then in July and uh, hoping and praying and believing that everything will be back like we used to do it uh, pre-COVID. Uh, pre-corona uh, at church, so that'll be in July. But for now, uh, Wednesday nights at 6.30, family, families together in the sanctuary. Sunday mornings, families together in the sanctuary, 10.30. Sunday nights, families together in the sanctuary at 6 o'clock. Okay, so this, as I said earlier, this is probably... The last time we will have uh, 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 a home-based uh, church official church type service, okay? Now, the Revelation chapter six, we we're going to study the sixth seal that will be opened uh, by our Lord Christ. Uh, things have been pretty bad, and. The first five seals revealed to us in a, a span of study, uh, quickly moving through the first part of the sixth chapter of the Revelation, the, uh, those seals, those first four seals, revealed to us the wrath of God coming down in the first three and a half years, the first three and a half years of the tribulation, of the tribulation, and then the fifth seal was a reflection upon those who had been martyred in uh, in the uh, first three and a half years. There are two groups of uh, there are two groups of uh, 
tribulation saints that are martyred. We have yet to study one of them, uh, and those will be the great tribulation saints, those who have come out of great tribulation. So what is happening is, and we, we can infer this from what we saw in the fifth seal and what we're going to look at here as well in the sixth seal, what we infer is that those who have become believers in the tribulation are sharing their testimony and preaching the gospel. We also know, we're going to see this later on, but we also know that during this time, those who are called the two witnesses are witnessing. They are preaching, and uh, they have a spellbound um, population on planet Earth, apparently, although people hate them for the message. They hate the messenger because they don't like the message, and they wind up, the Antichrist himself will kill them. Uh, just in the middle part of it, of the tribulation. But uh, they have been performing wonders and uh, teaching, probably just teaching the revelation what's going to happen next, and people don't like it. So this is the sixth seal. If you're Almighty God, think about this. If you are Almighty God, how are you going to... Uh, how are you going to, you know, I forgot to do something. So it's just us home, folks. I, I forget to do this when I'm at home. It's easy to remember when I'm, uh, we also have a, uh, we also have a podcast. And we have been very careful to try to include all the things that we do in the pulpit ministry from, from Shiloh. And I appreciate Harold putting all this together. And I'll be, I tell you what, I forget to sometimes put this special recorder on uh, that's that's easy to deal with uh, from the perspective of uploading and editing and so forth. So I should have done this a while ago, but I didn't. So I'm going to do it now. It's not that difficult. I was I had this on my shirt the last time. I preached or taught from home, taught the Bible from home, and my lapel mic fell off. I didn't even know it, and it sounded like I was in a cave somewhere. Maybe I can, uh, maybe I can get this right now. Uh, let's see. That turns it on, and that starts it, and that holds it. Okay. Now, if you were the Almighty. What would you do to introduce the world to its final three and a half years of history as history has been understood on planet Earth? What would you do? Now, you're an angry God. God's angry. And his prophets, his church, the apostles, his preachers, have been warning the world of this since, since Enoch. And Enoch preached in the pre-flood world. And Enoch, we are told in the book of Jude, proclaimed, Look, the Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints, myriads and myriads of his saints. I mean, Enoch was preaching the second coming and the final judgment before the flood. 
So that's how long the message, the warning of the wrath of God has been going on. Now, the first three and a half years, as horrible as we have seen they are in the tribulation, is a piece of cake compared to the last three and a half years. So now you're going to introduce those who are left, and we know a whole bunch of people have died, a whole bunch of believers have been martyred, the world has been wrecked and and uh, shaken societally and culturally and uh, internationally by um, by the introduction of a brief period of prosperous peace Pre- peace oh it was so good just for a brief time and then the whole world we're we're doing this study against the backdrop these days of of terrible riots uh, that are going on in major cities across the nation. People are dying. It's awful. Uh, inner cities are crumbling and, and buildings are burning and businesses are being looted. And there's just, in certain spots within the United States of America, there is no rule of law. And we, we, we consider the chaos that is going on and that's just a drop in the bucket to what's going to happen when the second seal is broken. We studied about this uh, a while back. Well, that leads then, that leads to death and famine and, and plagues. Uh, it leads to a loss of production, which leads to uh, poverty and people can't, the food becomes very expensive. Prices are exorbitant and, and all that. We study, that's, that's what's happened in the first three and a half years. The world is reeling. Death, no doubt, has touched practically every family on planet Earth. Uh, then the big armies moved in. Uh, when that seal was broken, the big armies moved in to, to crush the rebellions and, and the chaos uh, and the fifth seal tells us that during that whole time, the tribulation saints were hated and uh, they were killed. So this big percentage of the earth's population has died. But now you're going to, and this message has been told to the world, I'm sure, at this point in time, because there's been a great turning to the Lord in probably the greatest era of, of evangelism and salvation that the history of God's people has ever witnessed. Uh, that's my guess. Because of the multitudes who are coming, even though it's going to cost them their lives. So the, the message is, here's the last three and a half years. The mystery is anxious for me to move on to the next point. Um... Here are the last three and a half years. So what do you do to introduce the beginning of the absolute end? And when I say the absolute end, I'm referring to the great tribulation, the last three and a half years. The tribulation has already started. It's seven years long. And the first three and a half years have passed. And the first three and a half years have just been awful. The world has never seen trouble like it will see in those first three and a half years. And the world 
<laughs> she's she's running from Pat. Um, the world will never see trouble, including the first three and a half years, like it's going to see in the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. So back to my question. If you are Almighty God, if you are Yahweh, if you are the Almighty, what will you do to get the attention of those who are left on planet Earth? I call them Earth dwellers. And I differentiate when I, when I teach the revelation and preach through it. I, I differentiate between Earth dwellers and um, tribulation saints. Tribulation saints are on planet Earth, but they don't dwell there very long. They get, for the most part, they get caught. They get caught and killed. So how do you get the attention? How do you introduce the world to its last three and a half years before God in the flesh bursts through the skies and brings his saints and angels with him? How do you, how do you, how do you get the world's attention? What do you do? Again, you've had uh, three and a half years of testimony from those who are saved at that time, preaching of the two witnesses, powerful powerful movement uh, of people to be saved. Multitudes are being saved. And yet here, here are all these people on earth and they are so immoral and decadent and the, the, the Holy Spirit working in the church has been removed. Now the Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time, but his work in the church, it's called the restrainer. That's that's been taken out of the way. No, no more restraint. No more restraining the world. Just, just let the devil have them and see how far down he can take them. So as awful as the sin problem is today, it can't compare with the sin problem that will uh, come upon the world. The deception, the delusion, the hatred of God, his word, his people will be an incomparable time and now the last three and a half years, just three and a half years left, how do you introduce that to the world? How are you going to get their attention even more? Because it's obvious that people are not, there are the tribulation saints, but then there are these earth dwellers and they wouldn't, they wouldn't repent. What you going to do? Well, the Lord already has it, already has it. Um, and, uh, it's described for us here in the last part of the Revelation, chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. So here's what you do to introduce the absolute end, the absolute last three and a half years before the great and powerful coming of the Lord. The last three and a half years, the final part of the times of the Gentiles, the times of the nations. Here's what God does. Verse 12, and I saw when he opened the sixth seal. And a great seismos. Now, it's, it's, all, it's generally translated earthquake. However, I think that earthquake is probably mostly 
what's going to happen, but it includes other things. Seismos, a seismos is a shaking. It can mean a gale. It can mean a storm, an unprecedented storm. It can mean commotion. The commotion that's happening in our country today, the riots and so forth, a, a horrible riot in a city like today could be referred to as a seismos, okay? a great shaking, a great event, a, a, a sobering event. Well, mostly it's an earthquake, but there's a shaking here. It's a great shaking. And this shaking, and a lot of this information really comes from the research of Dr. Henry Morris, who is dead now, but he was a very thoughtful scientist and a wonderful Christian man. Um, and he joined in, in studying this part of the Bible with other Christians who were geologists and, and, and so forth, who studied earthquakes and, and all. And the, the the teaching is, and this is this is just from a layman's. It's been a long time since I had geology in school, but from a layman's point of view, in a very uh, shallow way, you have these plates, you know, and the mantle of the earth and all that, and the crust. These plates are rubbing against each other. You have these seismic zones, and uh, you have the continent continental drift and. All, all this kind of stuff, and there's activity. There's always activity. Uh, there, there are there are YouTube channels that that monitor and track earthquakes and volcanic eruptions every day all over the world. Jesus said there'd be earthquakes in diverse places, but this one is in the singular. A great seismos, great megas. Megas, seismos, and a great shaking, seismos, a great commotion. Included in that commotion is a worldwide earthquake. You know, we've had some pretty bad earthquakes. I remember watching the World Series, what, back in the 80s, was it, or early 90s, San Francisco and... Uh, while we, while I was watching, there was a big earthquake came along and shook the shook the stadium there. Was it Candlestick Park, whatever it was back then? Um, and they had to get out of there. You know, it was it was unusual to be there live on TV and watch uh, watch watch one of the worst earthquakes they'd had in recent years there in in San Francisco. Well, this. Uh, this 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 earthquake starts at some point. I have no idea where it would start, but it touches on every one of those plates, and they all start grinding together. And this earthquake, unlike at any time in history, is a worldwide earthquake. It's also a shaking that uh, that that can and we'll think about this when we get down here a little bit further but can even but that can even move asteroids and meteors out of their out of their 
paths or their orbits so that the effect of the shaking can spill over into, into astral bodies so that people who usually track those things and they say, well, this is the trajectory and this is how it's going to go. That doesn't mean anything. When God sends a seismos, okay? All right, so uh, there was a great seismos, a great commotion, an earthquake and commotion. Here's the result of it. Now, here's what happens. Okay, let's think about this scientifically. When these plates begin to shake, then, then volcanoes, volcanoes, also begin to erupt. So you have the rumblings of mountains, the collapsing of mountains, the collapsing of buildings all over the world, all over the world now, not just, you know, this is not a local thing. The whole world starts shaking. Volcanoes, super volcanoes begin to blast and erupt. They tell me that one of the biggest super volcanoes in the world today is uh, Yellowstone. Now, that's that the to study those things is not my area of expertise. I just read what other people have studied. But I am I'm, I'm I've I've read where if that thing that thing could blow and and destroy really most of the United States. It, you know, well, okay, there are other super volcanoes. And if they all erupted within a short time of each other because of the worldwide shaking of the plates and the continental drifts and all that other stuff, and the whole thing rumbles and shakes and those plates rub against each other all at the same time and shift, and you have nine and ten power earthquakes, on the Richter scale you have those things and then they affect deepen the earth and cause an explosion of volcanoes and it spews ash into the air, here's what's going to happen. The sun's going to be darkened. That's happened in my lifetime. I remember Mount, Mount, uh, Mount uh, St. Helens, is that what it's called? And others. There was one in Iceland a few years ago that, that darkened much of, uh, of northern Europe, as I recall. The ash that spews goes out, goes up high in the air, and there's so much of it that it blankets the sky, and the sun rays can't get in. You can see, you know, you can see the glow, but you can't see the sun, and it gets dark. Now, what if they all did that at the same time, or within 24, 48 hours of each other, and this black stuff is all over the world from every super volcano everywhere and lesser volcanoes, and it goes up 50, 60, 75,000 feet into the air, and one, one plume of black smoke joins another, and it encircles the earth. Here's what happens. The sun became black as, sack, as sackcloth of hair. And, and the whole moon became like blood. Now remember I told you that uh, there were there were metaphors that were used. 
We always take the Bible literally unless the Bible invites us to use the imagery, something that we can understand. Well, here, the metaphors are used because he says like blood. Okay, it became like that. Uh, so the moon is, is darkened. The moon is no good without the sun, and the sun, you know, I don't know how high this plume of smoke uh, and ash will go, but it would be, it was going to beat anything that the world has ever seen. So it's going to affect <clears throat> the, the sunlight. That's going to affect everything on planet Earth. If you darken the sun, then you cool down the Earth. If you cool down the Earth, I mean the whole world, the equator, the poles, everything in between. If you cool down the Earth, you're going to affect, uh, I'm sure weather in some ways are affected, the the oceans are affected in the way that, uh, uh, in the way that uh, we have high tides and low tides and storms and so forth. Animal life, animal life will be affected, adversely so. So everything is affected by this. Uh, and the stars, now let me look at this, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth. Asteris. Asteris. We get our word asteroid from that. These are, this is no doubt, and this is, as I recall, this is how Dr. Henry Morris sees it, so it's not just me. Uh, I, I base this on something that I've read, and I think it was Henry Morris. The, the shaking of the earth and a worldwide earthquake shaking the earth can can send vibrations and can send effects into space such that meteors can be affected. And all of these things that are close by, these meteors, there's going to be a meteor shower unlike the world has ever seen. So so these meteors are going to be crashing to the earth all over the world, all over the world, probably setting fires to things. Fell to the earth. The, it's high asteris, the asters or stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree casts the unripe, it's unripe, it's unripe figs by a great wind being shaken. So a big strong wind comes along and it shakes this thing, this tree, and it causes those figs to fly everywhere. So these, these uh, meteors are falling. The earth's temperature is affected. The sky has become as black as sackcloth of hair, the moon, the whole moon became like blood. So at night, apparently a strange, deep red, dark red hue around the world. It's eerie. I'm sure there's nothing, well, obviously there's nothing like it 
that man has ever seen. Now, may I say, let me back up a little bit. The sixth seal is the first seal that's broken, which pours forth judgment from God that comes directly from God, and the hand of man is not included in it. Uh, there was an element of man in the first four seals. There was an element of man in the martyrdom of the saints in the fifth seal. There is no element of man here. This is God directly moving and intervening in nature. Uh, and so, you know, I, I got news for all the tree huggers and the <laughs> all these uh people who had all been out of shape about global warming and everything else, he ain't seen nothing yet. And God's going to do it. He has, here's, here's, here's the great point. God shakes up the environment and the atmosphere and he does it himself. He doesn't have to have the help of man. He does it himself. So, you know, people talk about greenhouse gases and all this sort of thing. Uh, the ozone layer. God shakes the world so that it spews stuff out of the volcanoes and up from various places. And just, just in a very brief moment of time changes the way everything looks. Things that were tall shake down. A, a great shaking, if you want to look at the last part of that last phrase, uh, by a great wind being shaken. Continuing on here. And heaven departed like a scroll being rolled up. That's difficult to imagine. But the, the billowing of deep earth ash, black smoke, curling and rolling up against itself in various places so that you can't see the heavens. You just see the billowing black, dark smoke everywhere. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. An island really is just the top of a hill. You know, there's there's a topography of of the floor of the ocean. So there are you know there are mountains of the of ocean in the ocean, and the top of the tips of those mountains are islands. There are mountains on the land. And they're tall, but look at this. Every mountain and island were moved out of their topon, out of their topography, out of their places. So mountains collapsed. You're not going to have the same mountain ranges anymore. They're going to collapse. And you can bet the cities, the big, the, you can know that... Uh, the buildings are going to collapse. Islands are going to be moved out of their places. So this is how 
This is how God introduces the last three and a half years. Hey, earth, let me show you what I can do. And it's really relatively a minor thing. And I have more better things to follow or worse, worse things to follow. These are, these are just the seals, you see? And we're only on the sixth seal. We have the trumpets, the seven trumpets, and then we have the seven bowls of wrath. This is, the first three and a half years, as bad as we looked at them, as bad as we thought they were, nothing, and this is just the introduction. Hey, let me introduce you to what's gonna happen to you for the last three and a half years. This is just sort of a precursor to things that are going to happen. Now, the last part of this chapter indicate to us that there has been a powerful testimony from the tribulation saints and the two witnesses in the first three and a half years. I'm going to show you why. And the kings of the earth and the, uh, uh, the great ones, the noble men, the great ones, what are you going to call them? And the commanders, that's a military uh, word. It's actually, uh, it, it, it actually is a commander of a, of a thousand men. We would call them a Kiliarch. But bottom line is these are powerful military commanders. And the rich and the powerful. Iskroi, Iskroi, the the uh they're they're uh powerful people powerful forceful people all right we're going to stop right there and group those people as the elite of the earth here are the elite people of the earth kings of the earth national leaders great ones the richest people in the world the influential people of the world, and the commanders, the military commanders. So these will be the, 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 the military you know, generals and the rich and the powerful. So these are the elite. These are the elite people of the world. Then here's the next group. And every slave and free. So these are the more common men the free would be, if there's such a thing as a middle class in that day, be sort of the middle class. The slave would be uh, the lower part of, of, the, of the cultural spectrum, the social spectrum. So the elites and the common men, all of them did the same thing, and here it is. Hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they say to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one sitting on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand? All the earth dwellers. You remember Jesus, Jesus said in the uh, Olivet Discourse, 
You're going to see these things happen. You better run to the hills. That's what he said to them. You need to run to the mountains. Get out of the cities, run to the mountains. Well, the mountains are falling. So about the only thing left would be cavernous areas. But notice, notice what the elites and the common men are saying all the same thing. We are in trouble. We are coming under the wrath of the Lamb, the one sitting on the throne, and they run. What was it? What was it that preacher said? Go to the mountains. Find me a mountain somewhere. They all fell. Well, find me a cave that's a leftover of a mountain. And they say, look at it. They acknowledge that what is happening is the wrath of the Lamb. Because the day of their great wrath has come. Now, that's the, that is the great tribulation. That's the last three and a half years. And who is able to stand? Now, how is it a bunch of elitists around the world are going to make any reference to God on his throne and the wrath of the Lamb unless they've been taught, unless they have been preached at, and they've had to pay attention. It's the only way. And they acknowledge this is the beginning of the last two and a half years. And yet they come under such strong delusion by the devil, they won't repent. There'll be some saved out of that, I suppose. Because we're going to get over here toward the end of the Great Tribulation and we'll see their big multitude of Tribulation saints who have been murdered, who have been martyred, better word, I guess, and appear in heaven, yet to be, yet to be resurrected, but yet like, like their forebears of the first half of the Tribulation, they appear in the intermediate state, clothed upon by God. Oh, they're awaiting the judgment of those who have done this to them and uh, their own resurrection as well. But the, the here, the whole world. Now, we're going to see other things. We're going to move deeper into it, but we're going to have to keep this in mind that the world has just collapsed. Cities have collapsed. Mountains have collapsed. Islands have disappeared. And... Even, even, even the worst of the earth dwellers have acknowledged that what is happening is the wrath of the Lamb. How is it they can use that language unless they have studied what you and I have studied previously in the Revelation chapter 6 where it says, where John says, you know, they say, who is worthy, who is worthy to break the seals the lamb, he's worthy. And he turned and he saw a lamb. So this is the language, this is the New Testament language of the Christ of God in his wrath, who is the rightful heir of planet Earth and the whole universe, and he's angry, and he's pouring out his wrath, and they know it. And even ask the question, they acknowledge that this is his wrath. And they ask the question, who is able to stand? Well, nobody outside of Christ can stand. 
But what will confound us for the remainder of the revelation, the remainder of the tribulation, the great tribulation, what is so confounding is that even though they realize what's happening to them, they won't repent. They won't repent. That's how strong the delusion is. That is how precise the doctrine of election is as well. We're going to stop there. And God willing, on Wednesday night, we'll pick it up with uh, chapter 7 of the Revelation. So let's pray. Father God in heaven, it seems to me that we're very close to this time. And I pray, Lord, for the mission that you've put us on. I pray for our work that we might diligently work to accomplish what you've called us and enabled us to do. We pray your blessings upon Shiloh and upon our, our people. We pray, oh God, for those Bible-believing churches everywhere who are preaching the gospel. And especially those, Lord, who, especially those, Lord, who are, who are facing uh, hard times, we pray that you'll bless them. Bless us during this uh, uh, virus time. Keep us from illness and harm. And use all of this for your glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that does it, that does it uh, for tonight. Uh, God willing, I'll see you Wednesday. Okay, thank you for being with us.